You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST. And right here for the Locked On LSU podcast, where this Monday we're brought to you by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar in the world. Let me certainly not be the first, but be the latest to wish you a very happy new year. Wishing nothing but health, happiness, prosperity upon you and your family in 2021. And as it pertains to the LSU Tigers, here's hoping uh, this is the start to uh, rebuilding a championship football program. We'll delve into this. Um, I want to talk coaching staff. I want to talk roster and LSU hoops suffered an L over the weekend in Gainesville. We'll get to all of that. Let me start with the coaches, and then in the next segment, we'll get to the roster because there's been some really good news for LSU there. So um, a couple of weeks ago when the LSU season ended, of course, there was massive staff turnover, most notably uh, the coordinators. Offensive coordinator Steve Ensminger, uh, passing game coordinator Scott Linehan, defensive coordinator Bo Pelini all out, and LSU's looking to replace them all. Now, Several people over the the break had asked me, hey, man, like literally every day, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hey, man, anything on the coaches? Hey, man, anything on the coaches? No, (laughs) because there's two very important things to consider with regard to the timeline and structure. Number one, Ed Ogeron, no doubt, was going to want to interview coaches that were still coaching. So until the New Year's Six Bowl games were finished, you couldn't interview Marcus Freeman from Cincinnati, for example, as one example. There have been rumors about some coaches presently in the NFL. Bo Davis, defensive line coach with the Detroit Lions. We've heard conversations about DJ Mangus, who had been at LSU a year ago, was with Joe Brady in Carolina this year. Well, until week 17 of the NFL wrapped up, which it did on Sunday, you couldn't interview those guys. So now that college football season is all over but for the national championship game and the NFL season is over and it is officially Black Monday in the NFL where you see heads roll, now Ed Ogeron can really get cranked up on going and and pursuing these staff hires. Now, the other part of it is structure. Keep in mind how Ed Ogeron wants to structure his staff in large part is going to determine who he hires and in what roles. For example... A year ago, LSU had both a cornerbacks coach, Corey Raymond, and a safeties coach in Bill Bush. Well, Bill Bush is not returning to staff. Does Corey Raymond again coach the entire secondary? If that's the case, well, now if you're not replacing Bill Bush's safeties coach, you have another spot on staff. Who you hire as defensive coordinator might coach a position group. Let's say, for instance, if you do hire Marcus Freeman from Cincinnati and he coaches the linebackers. Well, that's what Bo Pelini did a year ago, so you're just replacing one for one. Now you have a spot available on your coaching staff. Is it an additional offensive staff member? Do you hire a quarterback's coach or a tight ends coach? Remember, grad assistant John DeCoster was coaching tight ends this past year. You did not have a dedicated tight ends coach. That's the big question. Not only who you want on staff, but how the roles fit. The one thing I'm pretty confident in saying is that LSU is not going to go hire a safeties coach. Corey Raymond is going to coach the entire secondary again, so that theoretically should free up potentially another defensive assistant. Maybe 
if it's Bo Davis who comes on as the defensive line coach, although some of the word here in the last few days is that perhaps his show cause during his time at Alabama and the fact that LSU presently is amid NCAA hot water with an investigation and self-imposed sanctions, maybe LSU wouldn't go down that route. Does that open the door for Christian Lockature, currently a grad assistant on LSU's staff, becoming a full-time on-field coach? Possibly. The big questions, of course, who's going to be offensive coordinator, who's going to be defensive coordinator? What I can tell you is this. Marcus Freeman has been the big name, and uh, Brandon Seho, who's a friend of ours, who uh, is from Cincinnati and worked at WBRZ Television in Baton Rouge and left WBRZ to go back to his hometown and uh, become a sports reporter at WLWT Television in Cincinnati. He tweeted on Sunday, and I'll read you the tweet, sources. Cincinnati D.C. Marcus Freeman is expected to interview for the LSU defensive coordinator job this week. Freeman wants to be a head coach next, but is listening to LSU and other D.C. jobs. So, listen, Marcus Freeman is going to have options. He's a hot commodity, and if I'm LSU, he is exactly the coach that you want, and he checks a ton of boxes. Whereas a year ago in Bo Pelini, you had a very satisfied older coach who had collected eight figures and buyout money during his career who was reportedly last in the building and first to leave. This is the counter-opposite of that. You have a young guy, 34 years old, played major college football at Ohio State, played in the NFL, has bided his time as a GA at Ohio State, position coach at Kent State, position coach at Purdue, co-DC at Purdue, then defensive coordinator at Cincinnati for four years as a DC at Cincinnati. He's had great success there with his defenses. And now the logical step is become a power five defensive coordinator. If you're LSU and Marcus Freeman's making five, six hundred K right now at Cincinnati, and you can walk in and more than double that and say, come coach in the best conference of college football, cut your teeth for a couple of years, and then go be a power five head coach like we just saw with Dave Aranda, that's really appealing. But if Marcus Freeman wants to go be a head coach in the Sun Belt or the or Conference USA or something along those lines, that option would probably be there for him as well. Which does he prefer? If I'm at Ogeron, full court press to make sure that Marcus Freeman ends up in Baton Rouge as your defensive coordinator, and then you build the rest of the defensive staff around that once he is in place. On the offensive side of the ball, the one thing that I know over the past two weeks, and it has been hush-hush around that position, the one thing I know definitively is that Ed Ogeron and Joe Brady have spoken. But I want to be clear. This is not about Joe Brady coming back to LSU to be the offensive coordinator because that's not going to happen. Joe Brady's name is being bandied about for NFL head coaching jobs right now. He's not coming back to college. But it was, here's a list of guys that I think would fit, and I'll do anything I can to help. Remember, Joe Brady has great affinity for Ed Ogeron and LSU. Uh, They took him from basically being a, a coffee and donuts runner with the Saints to being a passing game coordinator at LSU where he won the Broyles Award and became an NFL offensive coordinator in one year. I mean, LSU changed Joe Brady's life, and so he's willing to help however he can. And yes, DJ Mangus is one of the names that has been mentioned. That's also why you're hearing Joe Moorhead. Of course, Joe Moorhead, who had been the head coach at Mississippi State, current offensive coordinator at Oregon. He was the OC at Penn State, and Joe Brady was Moorhead's GA at Penn State. So a lot of the connectivity there are coming to light, but I do expect – This week, we will have uh, information on both sides of the ball as LSU starts to remake its coaching staff. And certainly, we will be here to talk about all of it here on Locked on LSU, brought to you by Built Bar on this Monday. And listen, 
College bowl season is coming to a close. Still got a few more bowl games and the Natty. Remember, if you want to get lucky, if you're feeling like you might want to wager on the game, make sure you use the betting site that I use, betonline.ag. If it's NFL games, if it's college football's top games, betonline.ag. Of course, basketball season is getting kicked off as well right now. Betonline.ag. The NFL playoffs start this week. The only place that has you covered that I trust is betonline.ag. And it's one of those things where I've told you about this before. You know, BetOnline has jumped aboard here with us on the Locked On LSU network or the Locked On network, but I've used BetOnline for a decade. And I trust them. The 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 transaction the transactions are are safe. They're always incentivizing. Um, their their clients and their members. And right now, you can go to betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On, and get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you go to betonline.ag and you deposit $100 into your account, they'll give you $50 to play with. And you can bet on any sport. There's even casino games and stuff like that. But go check it out, betonline.ag, betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 2020 is mercifully over. Time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. This is the Locked On LSU podcast. We'll talk some LSU hoops in a bit. We um, started talking about the coaching staff turnover. The really good news for LSU is on the roster front, where for years LSU has been decimated by early entries to the draft. And in large part, this was really a product of how LSU recruited. Like I, I won't bore you with this, but a little bit of a backstory. And this started in the Les Miles era, where and, and I always point to Michael Brockers. Remember Michael Brockers? He signed with LSU. He redshirted in 2009, played sparingly as a redshirt freshman in 2010. In 2011, that team that played for a national championship, he became a starter and left early for the NFL draft, became the 15th overall pick. Well, you really got one season out of Michael Brockers. And at that point, Les Miles said, no more. We're going to play freshman. And LSU started playing freshman immediately, and that became part of their sell. Come on campus, play as a freshman, we'll get you to the league in three years. Now, that might have helped LSU land a lot of prospects, but it also cost you guys early or in their career. Malachi Dupree is a great example of that. Malachi Dupree signed as a five-star wide receiver along with, in the same class, Leonard Fournette and Jamal Adams, and guys that were no doubt top 10 draft picks. Well, Dupree came in with the same ambition, and he was a late seventh-round pick, got selected by Green Bay, and was out of the league in a year. That's sort of how LSU was recruiting. 
And they needed to start to turn that around, and this was the year Ed Ogeron absolutely had to do it because when you were decimated by the draft a year ago with so many guys leaving early, you needed to retain the marginal guys this year. So when you return in 2021, you're building upon a foundation that has veteran talent instead of trusting freshmen and and redshirt freshmen to be the cornerstone of your roster. So LSU's gotten fantastic news at the three positions where they needed it most. Offensive line, defensive line, and we're waiting on linebacker. On the offensive line, Liam Shanahan has announced he will return, as have both Ed Ingram and Chasen Hines. So the entire interior of LSU's offensive line returns. We'll wait to see what happens with right, right tackle Austin Deculus, although I, my assumption is that he will go to the NFL. And then Dare Rosenthal at uh, left tackle has a decision to make as well, but it seems likely that he might return. Um, on the flip side, on the defensive line, almost your entire defensive line is going to return intact. Ali Gay has announced he's returning. Senior Neil Farrell announced he'll come back for another senior season. And then Andre Anthony, your starting right end opposite Ali Gay, announced he's also returning. So the only interior lineman who is a starter this year that you're waiting to hear from now is Glenn Logan. And if Logan returns, you would return your entire starting defensive line. The reason that is so massively significant is because if you didn't return those guys, you'd basically next year be starting with Joseph Evans, Jaqueline Roy, and Jacoby and Guillory, a couple of sophomores, and a guy who just this year switched to defensive line and was an on-again, off-again starter. Now you now those guys, Evans, Guillory, Roy, become rotational players across your defensive front, and then you look at Mason Smith coming in and say, all right, Haas, we don't need 50, 60 snaps a game. What we need is 20 snaps where you are an all-out energy, heat-seeking missile for 20 snaps a game as a freshman and go make some impact plays. Like, that's a much better option than saying, hey, Cat, as a true freshman, we need you to be in the SEC taking 60 snaps a game and to be a guy. That's the big difference when you return these veteran players on the interior. So there's still a lot we still have to hear from. Now, Jabril Cox, grad transfer from North Dakota State, has announced he will enter the NFL draft. So will punter Zach Von Rosenberg, um, who we know Zach's story, and he's been a great representative and advocate of LSU, won a national championship, but at 30 years old, having already tried his hand at professional baseball, he's now going to go try his hand at the in the NFL. Now, the other thing worth mentioning, of course, is this recruiting class for LSU. January 2nd did not go like LSU had hoped that it might. Um Tristan Lee, the big offensive tackle, committed to Clemson, and Corey Foreman decided to stay home, and he signed with USC. Now, LSU seeking several offensive linemen, and they did land a commitment from one offensive lineman uh, in Kimo Macanioli, who's out of Niceville, Florida, 6'4", 285-pound guard, and they're still in the mix for a grad transfer from Harvard and another JUCO offensive lineman who's the best offensive tackle uh, in the JUCO ranks this class. So LSU, Ed Ogeron said they're looking for uh, offensive linemen, and true to his word, 20 signed letters of intent, two commits right now, Savion Jones and Kimo Macanioli. So that puts you at 22. If you add the additional two offensive linemen I just mentioned, that puts you at 24. So you have one spot remaining. Could be a safety, could be a tight end. You could hold that spot until 
spring football passes or summer to see what the transfer market might look like, and then you can add a player light like you did last year with Darren Evans or like you did with Cole Tracy and Joe Burrow or Jabril Cox and Liam Shanahan. So it's worth keeping an eye on how Ed Ogeron's going to manage these roster spots, but the fantastic news for LSU is that they are getting a lot of their marginal guys to announce they're returning to school for another year. All right, it is the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day, brought to you by Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. Boy, they had some amazing seasonal flavors that hit uh, in time for the holidays. As a matter of fact, I got a chocolate peppermint uh, candy cane flavor in my desk right now. That'll be my, uh, my late afternoon snack. But find your favorite flavor. The uh, 18 amazing flavors, the 12 originals, the six new flavors. If you have not had it yet, Cookies and Cream is absolutely divine. Give it a go at BuiltBar.com. Listen, this is for the health-conscious person. If you're trying to lose weight or maintain your weight, if your New Year's resolution is to get right, Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar. They're high in protein, high in fiber. They're perfect for keto. They're gluten-free. So check them out. At builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on and get 20% off your next order. Maybe the best thing I can tell you about Built Bar is I'm a guy that's eaten protein bars my entire life. And this is the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. And I literally spend my own money on these. I, I, well, I tell my wife to go to the website and order them because she handles all that. But she goes to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and we keep a stash of built bars in our pantry every single day. If you like protein bars, if you're looking for a healthy alternative, BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Disappointing day in Gainesville for the LSU basketball Tigers on Saturdays. They came up short at the hands of the Florida Gators. Really disappointing, especially for a team that, you know, with Florida not having Keontae Johnson, it was a great opportunity for LSU to go on the road and perhaps score a, a really nice road win against what likely is going to be a tournament team in Florida. But the Tigers came up short, 83-79. to 79. Here was Will Wade on the loss. Yeah, I thought we let the game get away from us at the end of the first half. We were up 40-35, to 35, then we go in tied. Um, I thought the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half, they were able to really establish Castleton and Deruji. That really, really hurt us. That's where we came undone. We were playing. We played well in the first half. We needed to have a lead at halftime. We didn't have that uh, because of some miscues down the stretch. And then, you know, we, we gave up the three to Deruji at the end of the half. And then Deruji had six offensive rebounds. Castleton had three. We just had, they just, they killed us on the glass and killed us on side, inside to begin that second half it was just too much for us to overcome you heard Wade there mention Castleton and DeRuji those are Florida's two bigs which got going Castleton finished the game with 21 points in just 19 minutes DeRuji played 34 minutes with 6 of 12 from the field 2 of 5 from 3 and scored 16 points Mann added 19 and Scotty Lewis had 17 so four Florida players in double figures look LSU had three guys go over 20 points Cam Thomas was dynamic in uh, another SEC outing, 28 points, 7 of 19 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3. Uh, Trenton Watford had 21 and 8, threw in 3 assists for good measure. And then Javante Smart, um, coming back from COVID-19, had 20 points, 6 boards, and 2 assists, continues to play exceptionally well. But that was about it for the scoring. Mwani Wilkinson had 4, Darius Days, um, Eric Gaines, and Charles Manning had 2 apiece. Look, LSU had their shot late. Uh, to make it a game, and they made a good run of it, but Florida made their free throws down the stretch. 
but really you heard Will talk about it. It was um, Florida's bigs which got going, and they out-rebounded LSU 35-31. to That's something that Will Wade always preaches and wants to be dynamic. No Sharif O'Neal for LSU in this game, and Josh LeBlanc fouled out. So LSU's lack of size there ultimately cost it, and it's disappointing because it was a great opportunity to score a win over a uh, what will be a tournament team with Keontae Johnson not playing. But for LSU now, you do look ahead, and for LSU basketball this week, they're going to host Georgia, which uh, currently is at 7-1. and one. This will be Wednesday at 6 o'clock at the Maravich Center. But this is a Georgia team, remember, which just lost the number one pick in the draft, and a Georgia team that uh, hasn't really had a um, – uh, a really good win yet. They beat North Georgia. They beat Jacksonville. They beat Montana. They beat Samford, uh, Cincinnati, Northeastern, and then lost their SEC opener by double digits at home to Mississippi State. So this is a, a game that LSU should win on Wednesday. We'll give you a full preview as we get closer to it. But a missed opportunity to be certain for LSU but a great chance to move to 2-1 and one in conference play on Wednesday when they host the Georgia Bulldogs. We'll have a full preview of that as we get closer, and we're glad to have you with us here on Locked on LSU, brought to you by Built Bar. Remember, if you've not done so yet, please subscribe to the Locked on LSU podcast. We appreciate you for being here with us every single day. Uh, if, however you listen to your podcast, if you just hit the subscribe button on Locked on LSU, we'd appreciate it. Until next time, we'll see you then. Locked on LSU, your team every day.